Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. It's so good to have you with us and I hope if this is your first visit with us that it's not your last. Now, I remember as a young boy, just one of my favorite things in the world was to sit on my grandfather's lap and hear him tell stories. Now, I don't know if these stories were true or not, but man, they were brilliant. I remember his recliner chair. I remember his slacks. I remember his beard that would tickle my ear and my neck. I, would, I remember his cold coffee. He loved cold coffee coffee for some reason. It would stand on this little tray table that had one of my Oma's doilies on it. I remember the smell of the room. I remember the sun shining in through these yellow stained sheer curtains and just heating up the whole place. You see, my grandfather had my full attention. I was hanging on every word that he was saying. Today, as adults, And I want to say, as the whole world, our attention is equally caught by something. And this something is that we are awed by screens. They are everywhere. They are in your living room. They are in your lounge. They are in your bedroom. They are in your car, in your airplane. They are along the highway as we drive. But I've seen them even on motorcycles these days. They have these massive screens on them. Uh, I've seen a screen on a refrigerator. It had apps and it, it had internet connectivity. It's a refrigerator. Why do you need those things is the question in my mind. But I've not touched the most obvious screen yet. That, you know, that one that always travels with us, that always hitchhikes on your person, the one that gets you all nervous when you can't find it, the one that when it alerts you to its presence, all other tasks must cease immediately until you find its call and answer its call. That's your telephone. Um, I know it's silly, but we do live in that world and we are caught up in those things. And these screens all have messages that it's trying to tell us. They all show us pictures, but these pictures form words, and these words share a message. These messages, uh, these pictures, they inform us, they remind us, they entertain us. They even shape and direct the way we think and how we do things. Like I said, They're immensely powerful. Uh, You see, because they form words in us, words are these great unseen powers, or they have these great unseen powers that give meaning to our picture-filled world. And those words shape the way that we live. It shapes the way that we think. It shapes the way that we choose and decide every single day. It was Friedrich Nietzsche who said, All I need is a sheet of paper and something to write with, and then I can turn the world upside down. 
His philosophy, as harmful as it is, has shaped a whole lot of our modern society. Somebody gave him a piece of paper. Somebody gave him a pen to write with. Now, the voices that we habitually allow and welcome into our lives, into our heads, they have this profound shaping power about them. Last week, we spoke about um, silence and solitude, the power and the strength and the freedom that lies in silence and solitude. We looked at the word sailor and the fact that it means to stop and to think. Now, this week, we want to continue in that same vein. And I want to ask you the question, what's got your attention? Attention is this interesting phenomenon that gets caught through our senses, through our sense of sight, through our sense of smell, through our sense of taste, through our sense of touch, and through our sense of hearing. Now, of all the senses, hearing is probably the most powerful and the most formative as it interprets all the noise all around us and shapes it into messages, into words that we can make sense of. Our sense of hearing is developed in the womb at about 20 weeks and it is widely regarded as the last sense to go before we pass away. So it is with us all through our lives. It is no coincidence then that God as a creator, as our creator, is a speaking, self-revealing God that uses words to speak to us, to speaks into our ability to hear. And he has allowed us that to receive and to respond to his words as he speaks. You see, God creates through words. It's in Genesis 1 and verse 3 that God said, let there be light. And this whole creation process was put into motion through words. It was God who gave us a wonderful collection of his words through, through the Bible. And this amazing collection leads us, speaks into our ability to hear, but speaks into our ability to take these words and shape our lives. You see, God wants us to respond to his words. God wants us to hear it and to interpret this message that he has for us, this message of good news, this message of rescue. This, he wants to share his plan of rescue with us. That's why some of the writers in the Bible, James, the brother of Jesus, writes, he chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, have become his prized possession. Paul writes in Corinthians, For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus. Just reiterating the fact that God reveals himself to us through his word, through his words in the Bible. God grows us and he sustains us through the Bible as well, through his words as well. And that's why the psalmist notes, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light to guide my path. 
Your laws are wonderful. No wonder I obey them. The teaching of your word gives light, so even the simple can understand. I pant with expectation, longing for your commands. Come and show me your mercy, as you do for all who love your name. Guide my steps by your words, so that I will not be overcome by evil. Words are wonderful, and that's why they have this immense power to shape and direct our lives. It's no wonder Eve was tempted when words were spoken to her. Words that called God's word into question. See, the serpent came along and he said to Eve, did God actually say what he said? And it caused doubt. See, Jesus was tempted in the same way where the devil comes to him after he was baptized and he says to him, hey, you have an opportunity here to take things into your own hands. God has this wonderful plan, but there's a lot of hard work involved. You know what? Take things into your own hands. Jesus never decides to do this. Jesus decides to stick on the hard, long path that his father had planned for him. And every time he counters the devil's words with the word of the father, and he says, it is written. And so Jesus never falls for the temptation. It is with all this in mind that I ask you the question again, who has your attention? Living in this stunning, image-driven, visually-oriented world of ours, it is imperative that we regularly and carefully evaluate uh, what passes in front of us. What do we see? And what message is what we're seeing trying to communicate to us? Because we like to deny it, but um, there's no getting away from it. Words have a shaping power. And the more we allow them in, the more we allow them to shape the way we see things, to shape the way we do things. So it's extremely important that we often check the inlet. As words give meaning to everything around us, we need to actively keep checking whose words are we allowing in and what are their intentions with those words? What are their intentions with you and with me? Now, whether it's television or YouTube or a blog or an opinion piece or an article or whether it's social media posts or whatever other words pass through us. Man, I love a good podcast. I love a good audiobook. But those are words that influence us. Those are words that shape the way that we think and shape the way that we see the world. And are we supposed to see the world in that way stays that pressing important question. See, as words shape us, we need to constantly curate what comes in. It is essential that we constantly curate what comes in. Because I don't know about you, I know that my attention is limited. It is limited in its size and it is limited in, in its extent. Um, so I have to ask myself, which voices do I long to hear most? Uh, whose words am I welcoming into my life on a daily basis? Uh, whose words do I allow in 
so that they can plant seeds in my life. And are those seeds going to grow into life-giving things? Or are those seeds going to grow into things that I never wanted in my life? Who do we welcome into that intimate space that is our ear on a daily basis? Uh, it stays a tough question, but it stays an important question. There's an old saying that says, you can't stop a bird from landing on your head, but you can keep it from building its nest in your hair. You see, we can't always help the thoughts and the words that we hear. Sometimes somebody screams them as they go by. Sometimes we literally get hijacked by them. But we can decide. It stays our decision whether we're going to allow those words to build in our lives, whether we're going to allow those words to shape the way we think. It is this reason why Paul wrote, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. We can be internet informed. It really is an option. And there is some good things out there, out on the wonderful internet. But man, it's hard to separate the wheat from the chaff. It's hard to make sense of what are these guys trying to sell me? What are they trying to tell me? And what is their intentions for me? You see, these words leave us, these opinions leave us with lasting and complex um, and sometimes unwelcome consequences of thoughts and words that is shaping our lives and shaping our futures into futures and lives that God never intended for us. And man, we don't want to be on those paths. We don't want to get stuck down that road. So where do you go for inspiration? <laughs> where do you go to, man, when you need counseling? Where do you go when you need parenting advice? Where do you go when you have a question that you don't want to ask real people because you are just plain scared of the judgment that might follow? Do we go to WebMD? Uh, do we go to counseling online? Do we turn to Heisgenoot? Do we go to dailyinspiration.com? Um, all of them have apps, so they are uh, in our hands now. They are easier to access than ever before, but the question remains, who are these people? What is their intentions for me? What is their hopes and their dreams for me? What are they trying to tell me? What are they trying to sell me? Where are they trying to take my thoughts and my actions on a daily basis? And what I am sure of is that none of their about pages are ever quite honest about what their intentions for you and for me are. So, where should we turn is the question. And it might seem quite obvious, but Paul writes to us in Romans 10 and he says, So faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. Moving on from last week and as we step out of silence and solitude and spending time with God, chewing on his word, the question is, do we keep at it? 
Do we keep chewing on his word? Do, do we continue mulling over it and allowing it to grow us and to stretch us and to challenge us into new good places? Or does the media storm that ensues once you've stepped out of your house just wash away everything good? And by the time you get out of the traffic, you can't even remember what happened in that silent solace moment that you, that you shared with God. Moses spoke right into this. He spoke some life-changing truth into this daily rhythm. Moses is standing on the edge of the promised land and he's brought the Israelites there to realize this promise that God had for them. And before they go into the promised land, he has some final advice to give them before they walk into this wonderful thing that they have been hoping for and excited about for 40 years of wandering in the desert. As Moses says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on your doorposts. Uh, sorry, write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Moses is sharing the secret to a life-changing faith. That secret is make it part of everything. You see, that is the information and technology age is greatest threat to our relationship with God is the fact that it has permeated everything. It is everywhere that you can think. Uh, there is literally not a part of our lives that we can name that is not touched by technology and in the information age. And it is, it is, it is hard for us <laughs> to sometimes accept it, but it is harder for us to Get ourselves away from it. You see, we're very willing to give God an hour on a Sunday, to give Him a verse of the day every morning, and, and to pray, uh, especially those prayers that says, Lord, you know, give me patience, because if you give me strength, somebody might get hurt. <laughs> but Moses speaks right into this, and he gives us, he gives us advice that's going to change our lives, advice that's going to change our faith. And he says to us again and again, Recall God's word. Recall it when you get up in the morning. Recall it when you're in your house. Recall it when you're on the road. Recall it when you're at work. Recall it when you get home and you, you're hanging out with your family, with you, when you're with your children again and again and again. And then when you get in bed at night, recall it one more time. It's like Moses knew as he stood there on the edge of the promise. He, he, could, he could see into the future, thousands of years into the future, and know that things were going to infiltrate every single space of our lives. And he has an antidote. He has an answer. He has a way for us to thrive, <laughs> even in these tough times, as he shares this advice with us. You see, we were made 
to meditate. We were made to chew on things. We were made to think them through to all of their possible ends. For so many of us, that has a super negative connection because when, uh, when we start meditating, when we start chewing in th- on things, when we start pondering them and thinking them out to all their possible ends, we land up in this negative spiral that just goes out of control and lands us in depression. But you see, it is actually an extremely powerful and positive force when we point it in its intended direction, when we point it at God, and when we point it at His Word, it will lead us to good things. It'll lead us to shape and to change our lives and to live our lives and to make decisions according to God and according to His Word and according to His perfect plan for you and for me. So the question is, what is our next steps. A new year is a fantastic time to take stock and to change some things. And I want to challenge you uh, right there where you are, make a list, to make an inventory of the positive influences on your life, the things that are drawing you closer and closer to God on a daily basis. Know them and do them more. Then, Make an inventory of all the negative forces, all those negative influences in your life, those things that nag for your attention, those things that are are like that kid in the shopping center tugging on his mom's uh, jacket or tugging on his mom's skirt. Mommy, 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 I want your attention. We have those things in our lives. We live with those things. And it's like you give them attention and then they just want more attention and more attention and more attention. You know those things. I want to challenge you, write them down. Know them by name and avoid them intentionally. Why? Because they are stealing from you. Our attention is valuable. Let's not have it stolen by things that were never, that were never supposed to have our attention. So in that way, we will know what to concentrate on and what to avoid. As Proverbs 16 tells us, whoever gives thought to the word will discover good and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. As we make space for silence and solitude, let's meditate. Let's create this space, this time for meditation, this time that we can chew on God's word. And then when we step out of our silence and solitude moment, that we can continually chew on God's word so that we can linger and stew on it, so that we can linger and stew and ponder on the truth of it, so that we can linger and ponder and stew on the challenge of it and the good that God has for us through it. Through it. You see, because this, this will change the way that we look at the nagging noise around us. It'll change the way that we deal with the constant scream for our attention. It'll change the way that we see the urgent and that we weigh the important. It'll change our lives forever. That's why Moses told us, and that's why he encouraged us, to recall God's word again and again. When you wake up in the morning, 
when you're in your house and getting your breakfast, when you are on the road, when you get to work, when you get back home at night and you spend time with your family again and again, recall God's word with your family. And then finally, before you get in bed, once more, recall God's word. It'll change you forever. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you that you will help us. Lord, you will give us the courage to change things that, Lord, that try to steal our attention. Lord, as we realize that our attention is a precious commodity, we only have so much of it, Lord God. Lord, help us to point it in your direction. Lord, will you continually challenge us? Will you continually help us to, to find you in the scriptures, Lord? To not get caught up in, in all the musts and musts, to not get caught up in all the laws and, and in all the drama, but to get caught up in your love for us, to get caught up in your good news message for us, to get caught up in your rescue plan for each and every one of us, Lord. Will you lead us and guide us in your truth on a daily basis, Lord, as we seek to turn our attention to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to wish you a wonderful week. And I want to ask you to think on this for just a minute. How different will your year be when you soak every single day in the Word of God. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you soon. If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.